Hey, what's going on? First things first, if you have not checked out the Vigor Grounds Fitness and Business Summit, you got to do it right now. VigorGroundSummit.com, 17 of the top speakers in the industry that are going to talk about marketing, sales, coaching, lead generation, strategies, team building with blueprints, step-by-step action guides. Listen, if you miss this one, if you're in the Pacific Northwest or honestly anywhere in the U.S., we're coming up. There's only weeks to go. The prices are going to go up in two weeks. Take action on it right now. I will see you at the Vigor Ground Summit. Now get ready for the Vigor Ground Podcast. Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Yo, what is going on? Coach Luca back here with the Vigor Life Podcast. And in today's edition, um, it's actually something that I talked about in one of the nutrition seminars. And, and you know, I, I say nutrition seminar with a little bit of... Uh, Reluctance because, I mean, a lot of the stuff that, you know, even I talk about a nutrition seminar ends up being about change psychology, behavior change, uh, things of that nature. But it was a specific part in there that I wanted to bring up because it's like the conversations I come back to, you know, they're always in. uh, in, Let's just say that the bottleneck usually is not an informational bottleneck, right? It's a uh, it's something else stopping people or maybe they haven't created clarity around this or the, the, the principles of mindset uh, are not on point. So uh, I call this the four motivational secrets right now. And we all know how the secrets thing goes. It's, it's, it's great copywriting, but, but there, there's no more secrets, right? This is just this is just knowledge. It's the stuff that you got to practice. And uh, even though I presented on this when it came to nutrition, I mean, it really does apply to just about anything, right? Like if you got if you got things in your life that you know, you've been wanting to do for a long time, like you've been wanting to achieve. It's something, you know, with business, it's something with your body, it's something with a relationship or whatever else it may be. Like, this is probably going to be relevant to you, right? It's really going to be relevant to you. So uh, there's a lot of stories to tell in this one. Um, As you guys know, I love stories. I love telling stories to communicate, to inspire, to, uh, to get the point across. We've, we've told stories as, you know, as human beings for a long, long time. Uh, to communicate and pass down knowledge, right? So, uh, but this number one uh, motivational secret, like I said, take secret with a little bit of grain of salt here, is uh, defining your deep reason. And, you know, before I kind of delve deeper into this, uh, there's a great story about uh, a buddy of mine that uh, that actually well, works for PN, but it's about how, like, let's just say that every people have different, uh, things that trigger uh, meaning to them, right? Or should I say a deep reason? And and for for Craig, it was a pair of boots, right? But this is where it came from, okay? And as he was going through training for basically Marines, right? you, you, you know how, how tough and how hard that is. Boots would create a visual of that deep reason of why he's doing it. And you know, getting through the really, really tough part. Because let's be real, like anything that you do in life, you're going to go through tough shit, right? It's you're changing your body and you're changing your habits that you've had for years. You know, you have a startup business and times are really, really tough. Um, you know, you're going through through a tough time in a relationship. Uh, you know, what makes you kind of pull through, right? If you don't have, have, or should I say define a deep reason, that's going to be tough. But for Craig in that scenario, what it was is when he was young, they lived in an area where, you know, it snowed, it was really, really cold. And basically they had like a, one, one car that they could take. And, you know, kids had to get to school. 
and dad had to get to work. But, you know, to create like and, and to get to school would be like through the snow would be I mean, we're talking about like freezing temperatures. You know, like I, I would say I used to uh, I, when I lived in Ukraine and it's like in the winters, I mean, it would be like negative 40, 50. Like, you know, you'd, I'd run down the street and, and, and the, the snot in my nose would like uh, just freeze. You know, I mean, like that's real. Right. But it was that cold. And in that scenario, uh, you know, what had happened was is like that, man, the, 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 the mom would take the kids in the car, you know, warm it up and then drive them to school. But the dad would go through the snow. I mean, like we're talking about feet high to work and it would take like an hour plus, you know. And when they'd come home, they'd see these these boots on the porch, you know, all basically snowed up. But what it what it essentially what that picture created for him was the deep reason why to not quit, to not let down his dad. Because his dad, like every single day for years and years and years and years, like grinded away and did the tougher thing, did the more challenging thing so that his family could be better off. So his family wouldn't have to struggle as much. And so that deep reason was to not quit and to, you know, to make his dad proud. Um, and man, think about that. Right. I, and I mean, I can conjure up a lot of things in my life that are similar, but I, but that was a great story um, that I heard. That I always like to share because like I said, like motivational secret one is defining your deep reason for whatever you're doing. And I think that many people just don't do that. Right. And it seems such a kind of, oh, duh. Okay. But then, but then I'll ask people, you know, like, Hey, what's, what's your deep reason for doing this? Like, what's your deep reason for starting a business? You know, what's your deep reason for, for dropping 50 pounds and, and improving your mobility and getting out of back pain? Like what's the deep reason? Cause anything that surface, like when times get really, really hard, it, it it's not going to be enough. Right. It's not going to be enough. And, and like I said, I don't think you can create motivation for people. I think you can unlock motivation for people because like I, like I said, people ha- like you have to be self-motivated. Right. Um, I mean, somebody inspiring you and, and, and listening to stories or, or uh, watching people do amazing things. They can they can fuel you or sometimes they can unlock what you already have within. But, you know, secret number one is defining your deep reason. And even here at Vigor, like when we talk to the people about their transformations, like that's the key. The key is digging to find that deep reason, because I know from the get go, if we can connect that to to the goal, right, to to the path of, of where they're going, they're going to be much more successful. Right. And it goes the same for you. Like it goes the same for you. Like what's your deep reason for whatever you're doing right now or or haven't done. Right. Whatever you want to do, whatever you have the desire to do and a dream or a goal. Right. You got to define that. Uh, and and not only define that, you have to remind yourself that what I mean by that is like, you know, where for Craig is it's like a picture of old worn out boots, you know, with snow on them. Right. Uh, like, what's your picture? You know, your kids, family, uh, you know, what's the North Star? Right. So something that's going to trigger that and remind you of that, whether I mean, it could be a quote, it could be. But, you know, I know I'm good with, with visuals. A lot of people are good with visuals, whether it's screensaver, stuff like that. Um, but first, defining it and then something that that triggers that, right? Like when you're going through shitty stuff, what's the pattern interrupt, right? So that's your uh, secret number one. Uh, number two is, put it this way, it's it, it comes from uh, a similar, I would say, a background of, of military and, you know, 
Uh, I'm not going to pretend like uh, I've, I've been through a bunch of military training, some really, really tough stuff, but uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend to put myself on, on the level of anybody that's uh, like I said, sacrificed themselves for the country. Uh, but I've, I've had the pleasure and the honor of being around a lot of uh, guys that have served our country, gone through crazy training, um, you know, to make it, whether it was the Marines, the SEALs, um, you know, any type of high level Green Beret, you name it. Right. But one of the things that they say that they'll, they'll never, uh, you know, the, which is motivational secret number two is quitting tomorrow, right? That, that they have like a rule where they'll never quit throughout like a certain exercise. And that could be, you know, the exercise could be hours long, right? They'll always say, I'm going to quit after, right? If I quit, I'm going to quit after. And, and, and then what happens is that obviously once you complete something, there's a fulfillment in completing it. So you might be like, you know, fuck it, I'll quit tomorrow, right? If, 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 if it's going to be this crazy, I'll quit tomorrow. But you keep pushing it because what do we do? We, we do something very different, right? I'll start tomorrow. But let me loop back to something first, you know, and here comes the train. You guys know this is like the trademark, the train coming through behind the building. Um, but in, in the book, The Upside of Irrationality by Dan Ariely, he describes a phenomenon called self-hurting, okay? Now, hurting is what happens when we follow what others are doing. Self-hurting is when we allow our previous actions to govern our current behavior. So think about that. Our previous actions govern our current behavior, right? So we just keep going through the patterns that we've already been going through, and we don't necessarily like do this rationally, right? That's why it's the upside of irrationality, right? So it sounds pretty innocuous, right? But here's the thing. Many of our small daily decisions are governed by our emotional state in the moment, right? We don't make a decision logically like, this is what I want to achieve. Logically, I will do this right now. That's not the case, right? We basically do it out of an emotional state that triggers this. So self-hurting is such a powerful force that each decision has the potential to establish a habit. And which in turn could, you know, help or hinder our long-term goals. But, you know, if, if you guys ever heard me talk about Hebb's law, right? Hebb's law is like neurons that fire together, wire together. So one thing that happens, you know, like for instance, you, you're stressed, you know, you come home stressed from work, right? Stressed from work and you drink a glass of wine because it calms you down, right? But the thing is that pattern starts repeating itself, Hebb's law, neurons that fire together, wire together. Then all of a sudden, any type of stress makes you drink wine, right? Because those two things connect, even on a neuro neurological level, right? So now you can see how the small, seemingly unimportant decisions that we make in the moment can have far-reaching consequences for the, for the uh, kind of people that we become, right? And, you know, that, that's a really, really big thing because it, it's stuff that you don't even think about, right? You don't know what you don't know, and then you fall into a pattern, and that pattern is taking you down, you know, uh, the wrong route, the route of away from your goals, right? And I'm like, here, you know, another example is like, uh, I know I've become a Seahawks fan when I, when I came to Seattle. I didn't grow up around football, but, you know, you go, you know, Seahawks make it to the, um, to the Super Bowl, right? And you're excited. So you get, you know, you're so pumped up, but you're on your way to your mom. So you get your mom some flowers, right? You get your mom some flowers, and then all of a sudden, every time you go to a Seahawks game, you find yourself, you know, getting your mom some flowers because you connected those two things. The excitement of going to the game 
you know, Seahawks winning, whatever it may be. And you do that right now. There's there's and, and the thing is, that might be a good thing, right? You you make your mom happy. You bring your flowers. She's all excited. The second route might be like, you know, afterwards you go to a bar and have six, seven, eight drinks, right? Excitement, bar, six, seven, eight drinks. You do that a couple of times. Now, all of a sudden, you know, that can become a pattern. And so something that's seemingly like not important can create this pattern that's taking you away from your goals. If your goal is, I don't know, for instance, uh, you know, losing weight or, or like I said, getting rid of some of the alcohol and or, or spending money out in a bar or whatever it may be, right? So we, we have... You know, we talked about the motivational secret number two, which is quit tomorrow, right? And and really, it's part of something called the opposite rule. We teach this at Vigor Ground um, a lot in our coaching programs. And, that, and just not like, this is not only the coaching programs for when it comes to fitness. Like, this is a lot of stuff that I also do in, you know, business, co- business coaching and helping gym owners grow, market, do, you know, sales, all of those cool things, right? And the opposite rule is basically, I mean, it's simple, right? If if what you're doing isn't working, try the opposite. It's ridiculously simple. Yeah, I, I get it, but it works. And that's the thing, you know, do, do you do that? Um, so, I mean, think about this. Like, I'm, I'm going to loop this back to the example of, uh, you know, quitting, quitting tomorrow when it came to the military. But it's like, you know, how many times have you, have you told yourself, I'll start, you know, fill in the blank, you know, tomorrow? Uh self-improvement projects, you know, like, like running, getting up earlier to, to get a training session in. I'm going to eat healthier. You know, I'm going to be nicer to my in-laws. I'm going to learn Slovenian. You know, if you're not Slovenian for me, it might be Spanish or whatever, right? Like insert whatever you want, right? So starting tomorrow, like while, while it's a great way to begin, it also lets us justify poor decisions today, right? Because you end up going like, well, I'll start tomorrow. So fuck it. Today, I'm going to eat the pie. Today, I'm not going to do this. Today, I'm not going to be nice, Right? But you can see how this pattern can like continue, man. And I've seen, I mean, this is like, this is literally like, I'll start tomorrow is, is, is death (laughs) because, you know, I always say, man, like yesterday you said you'll start tomorrow. Right. And then today you're saying again, you'll start tomorrow. Uh, So why not try the opposite? Right. But it's instead of like, I'll start today. The opposite is I'm going to quit tomorrow. Right. So essentially, it's like, man, you might be going through, you know, uh, uh, something tough, but man, quit tomorrow. Cool. Like, I'm just going to finish off today and then tomorrow I'm going to quit. Right. Once again, right. When you get done with it, you feel fulfilled. Like we understand that, like reaching our goal, like dopamine release, like there's fulfillment, there's success, like you build on success. And and here's some news, right? You know, you want to quit tomorrow to keep fit. You want to quit tomorrow to build a business. You want to quit tomorrow to uh, you know, to build better relationships, like, you know, insert the blank, because here's some news, right? It's going to suck. Sometimes it's going to suck, period. And there's nothing you can really do about that until your body adapts or until your mind adapts or until like, what, like I said, depending on which area you're working in, right? You're going to have moments of weakness when you don't want nothing more than like just lay down and not do shit or have a bag of chips or, you know, Twinkies or whatever your thing is, right? You can, you know, days where you can barely drag yourself to the gym, Um you, you know, it's but but imagine thinking like, oh, it's only once it can't really hurt. It's not so bad. So the mind is remarkably adept at coming up with justifications, right? It's like, ah, you know, just this one time. But as the theory of self-hurting demonstrates, which is what I talked about earlier, is that this, this decision won't stand on its own, right? Like every choice you make lays neural groundwork that will be 
uh, will be a bias for your future decisions. So eventually you're the sum of your habits, no more, no less, right? So that whole I'm going to start tomorrow starts adding up and adding up. And imagine it being like a bank account, right? Like you got your debits and credits and, and the more times that you've said, I'll start tomorrow, right? It starts going into, into your debt, right? Versus, you know, every time you go like, I'll quit tomorrow, it starts going into your credit. So, uh, you know, that's the thought that you have to have. It's like, it seems like nothing, but that neural groundwork is laid and it keeps building up until it becomes habit that just becomes something that's triggered, right? It's triggered by an emotion and a thought versus an actual conscious decision of what's better for you, right? So my advice to you is, you know, when you want to give up, quit tomorrow. Like, honestly, from this podcast, like, if you took that one thing and, you know, something that you just, like, literally today, as you're listening, you said, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Like, do that shit today and quit tomorrow and, and, and see how that works for you, right? Like, if, if you did that one thing, like, you'd be in a better place, right? And then really, like, a lot of the, the, the stuff that I cover in the podcast is, for me, like, the way that I coach people so that they break through things that are that are stopping them. Right. And it's shit, you know, I'm not going to give you any tactical necessarily like, you know, strategic stuff right now for whatever's stopping you. It's just this. It's a it's a like perspective change. Right. Or a motivational secret. So, you know, nourish yourself with healthy food today. Get yourself to the gym. You know, do that set. And tomorrow, if you want that pop tart, you need a rest. Go ahead and take it. You know, what I mean, like today. Guess what? You know what? Get those three to 500 words down on paper, write a blog, shoot a video, you know, and then tomorrow, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like don't, but today do it and then quit tomorrow, you know, but I'm, I'm, but the thing is I'm betting that once you do it, the urge will be gone. Instead, when tomorrow dawns, you'll just feel a bit healthier, a little less dependent on sugar, a little stronger, a little more successful, you know, a, a, a little better off in your business, right? You will have harnessed self-hurting in your favor. You'll be one step closer to your goals, right? So you notice how the self-hurting can work, you know, for you or against you, right? Depending on how you go around it. So that's motivational secret number two, right? I'm going to say that in like uh, weird ways. Um, to kind of finish off this, like there's a couple of things. I actually shot a video a while back on, uh, posted on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, can't remember where I, where, I, where, I, where I heard about this, but it stuck with me for sure. You know, the way that people operate usually is like this. Um, they have a feeling and that that feeling drives an action. Uh, and sometimes before before the feeling, there's actually a thought, right? The, but the thought could be a lot of different stuff. It, it's a thought that triggers a feeling of laziness, jealousy, hatred, um, judgment, persecution, you know, and it could be like for someone else, it could be for yourself. I mean, it, it could be a lot of different things. But the point is that is that the feeling makes you act, right? That feeling makes you act. And the thing is that the, the those actions end up creating your identity, right? Like the more times you basically do that, like you that's that becomes your identity. But it's but it's it's but it's flipped around. Think about it, right? Because now essentially you're, you're kind of like a slave to your emotions, like you're a slave to your thoughts, right? And, and that just kind of drives your actions, which determines your identity, right? Because people go like, well, well, this is what I want to do. But all, all that matters is the actions you took, like that, that created your identity. But what if you flip that, right? What if you flip that upside down, right? And you chose the identity that you want to have. I mean, whether that means like you're a go-giver and you're gracious, uh, you're, you're, you're humble, right? You're, you're hardworking, 
you're compassionate, you're empathetic, you're successful, right? But it's like, and you ask yourself, you're fit, you know, you're, you're fit, you're lean, you're healthy, uh, like all these things. But then, that, so that's the identity that you wanted, right? That's the identity you want to build. And then you ask yourself like, okay, what are, what are people that are healthy and fit? What do they do? What are the actions that they take? Right. And you could write them down. Well, you know, like they're probably moving around every day. They're probably going to the gym or doing some type of activity. They're eating healthier and having, you know, protein with every meal and, and five to seven ver- servings of veggies a day. They drink a, a, a enough water. They, you know, limit their alcohol consumption. Okay. What about what do humble people do? Right. Well, like they don't go around being arrogant and bragging. They're always curious because they want to learn more. Right. What do people with great relationships do? Right. Uh, they have a five to one ratio of positive to negative things to say, right? I mean, we could like you could, and I'm sure no matter where your knowledge level is about any of those things, you could find those things out, right? Like you could write them out. So now you have the identity that you want to create and then the actions that go along with that. See, and the thing is like, if you start taking those actions, those actions will create feelings and those feelings are going to be the ones that you want. You see what I'm saying? Like, so there's like this, you flip this around instead of like letting your thoughts and feelings control the actions that create an identity you don't want. Why don't you determine the identity that you want and then, and then find out what are the actions that that identity requires, right? We talk about requirement as when it comes to commitment and then you get the, the great feelings out of that, right? It's like you, it's, it's the inverse pyramid, but that's something that I, I always loved um, and, and kind of shifted perspective uh, to, to change people's minds. And, and one of my favorite books ever, uh, which Jay Ferruja got me on, it's, it's called Essentialism. I read it at least once every year. Uh, you know, we talk about something called when, and it's, and it's initials for uh, what's important now. And, you know, how does this all connect? You know, cause I just talked about quitting tomorrow and the opposite rule. And, um, and now I talked about, you know, building your identity and feelings and actions. Like how does, you know, this all tie in? Well, the thing is that like when is kind of like a pattern interrupt for me, you know, um, you know, what's important now and, and meaning like, you know, when you are going through this, we're talking about self hurting and how like this neural groundwork gets laid uh, when we do something over and over and over again, you know, when can be a pattern interrupt, right? Like you're about to do something, you're feeling a certain way and you go like, Hey, what's important now? It's like, you know what, what's important now is this project that I need to get done by X, Y, Z. You know, what's important now is that I get a 45 minute workout in because I'm losing my mind. And if I don't get it in right now, man, I I definitely won't get it for the rest of the day. I'll be more irritable. I'll come home to my family and, you know, be more of a dick and have anxiety and this, that and the other. Right. What's important now? Maybe I need a reset button and go meditate for 10 minutes. Right. What's important? Like it's a pattern interrupt. Um, and, and I would even say that in a, in a, in a greater scheme of things, you know, I ask, ask myself what's important now, like in my business and, you know, what's priority, right? What's important now in my, my health and life and relationship and spirituality, right? But just, just think about that. Like I, I actually have that framed, um, in my office at home because it literally like I wake up and it pops up in my face and we, you know, we talked about how certain visuals like trigger certain things. And that's one of them for me, right? It's like, Hey, like think about what's important because we're, we're, we're driven by patterns and a lot of our patterns take us away from what we want. So why not have something that can remind us to get back on track? And if, if there's, you know, if there's a question, uh, that does that, at least for me, it does. And, and, you know, I'd have you considered asking yourself that is what's important now. Um, 
Motivational secret number three, right? And uh, is is mastering your fear. And um, I, I guess the the most relevant kind of personal story around mastering my fear is uh is that you know on on a weekly basis people always say like man you're really great at talking speaking you know uh like you've got a knack for it you got a talent for it and um I mean I can improve my speaking tenfold but but I I I think I've I'm, I've become pretty good at it but when I came to college in the states you know to play ball oh uh, I was like speaking in front of groups was like would freak me the fuck out like legitimately like I'd have a physical reaction to it and you know in some of my college courses like to pass the class like you had to do a presentation in front of the class and man I remember our, my my first one in which you know I got ready for for, for like a long time because I was so trippy about it uh, but man I had clammy hands I was sweating I was stuttering like I mean I had like I was shaking um but I mean I I had to do it one to pass the class to be able to fucking play basketball and basketball was so important to me that there's no way I was going to fail the class. Right. So, so I ended up doing it. And you know, when, when I did it, obviously like there was a feeling of, okay, it's not as bad. Right. As I thought it would be, I, I got through it. Right. And the whole thing about fear, you know, or any, like, you know, you think about a lot of the stuff that's holding you back right now in life. Why? Like we worry about getting hurt. And our worries become bigger than the threat itself, right? Our worries prevent us from moving forward. It comes down to the question of, of, of can I rely on myself? You know, fearing the answer is what keeps most people in a realm of, I was going to, you know, I was going to try out for the team, but I didn't think I could make the practice. I was going to apply for that job, but I didn't, you know, I just, I just don't have the qualifications. I was going to start this business, but man, like, you know, I don't have enough startup capital or I don't have enough knowledge, right? I was going to ask her out, but I wasn't sure what to say. Um, you know, think of the obstacle you're facing, a painful step on the path to achieving a cherished goal. But, but you know, to, to go back to it, like what we end up doing is like magnifying our fears. It legitimately is if, if, you know, fear was a word and most people go put a magnifying glass to it, you know, it becomes bigger. And then we keep zooming in to where it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it becomes so overwhelming that it freezes us in our tracks. Well, it's fight, flight, or freeze, right? But 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 it's one of one of the above. Um, but it, it's you know you've you've heard crab analogies or you know basically sh- how painful shedding the skin is. Uh, you know, same thing is like walking into fear. It's it's painful, but it's like it's the only thing that can help us grow essentially, right? To get out of our skin, right? So it, you know, overcoming obstacles it, it won't be easy. You know that. Right. So because so because of that, you probably plan on attempting it sometime in your abstract future. You know, like when when conditions are perfect. I mean, that's pretty much our story. Right. There's a better time. There's a better time. And uh, man, I, I mean, I remember like all, you know, facing all of the different fears throughout my life. And and, you know, sometimes you can be, a, you know, you can be a monster on uh, the basketball court. But, you know, but when it comes to business, like you're afraid, you know. Sometimes you're great at, you know, fitness, but man, asking a girl out might be crazy, right? So we may be, we may have built up, uh, I would say, courage and resilience in some areas of our life, but not others, right? But, you know, in the areas that we're afraid, that's exactly what we do, right? We're going to plan to attempt it sometime in the abstract future, Uh, probably tomorrow, which was our last motivational secret, right? 
when conditions are perfect, you know, but, but what would happen if you stopped lying to yourself, right? What would happen if you stopped telling yourself I'll start Monday? Because those Mondays always come and go like with another set of rationalizations, right? What if you took the step you need to like right now? Like what if you just dove in, right? And, and, and I kind of like, uh, I don't know, fear to me is like, if you, when you shine a light on fear, one of two things happens, right? It either disappears and you see that like, it's, it's, it's not really that scary or maybe it is tough, but at least now you can see it, right? You can see it and you can, you can go like, okay, this is what I can do about it. Um, because you might learn that in the middle of the maelstrom, like pain is irrelevant, irrelevant, fear is irrelevant, right? There's, there's always a way through and you can find it. The only failure is not to try. And, and, you know, this is part of like doing the opposite. If you've already always ran away from it, then like, this is the time to go after it. What do you have to lose? And so here's like one of the one of the strategies that actually most people don't talk about, right? And and it's the one that's probably helped me out some of the most in my life. And it is, um, I first heard like an interview with John Jones years ago, and he was talking about how he actually also like not just like envisioning and visualizing his fight, like how what he's gonna do right, but he also like to to beat fear, he visualizes the worst thing that could happen like broken jaw, like smashed face, you know, broken toes, ribs, you know, damaged ribs, this, that, the other, right? And once he sees that, it's like, okay, all right, I can recover, I can live with that. And then the, and the thing is, once you do that, like, then that's that, right? You know, you know the worst circumstances that can happen. And, you know, when you know the worst circumstances and you're, you're okay with that, not okay with like, that's what's going to fucking happen, but like you prepare for the worst. You, you have faith, you're, you're put it this way, you've prepared for the best and you, you have faith in the best and you believe in the best, but you're still prepared for the worst, right? And like, to me, that's like even a, a, in, in business, like that's the route, right? Like I'm going to succeed even if the worst happens. And um, uh. My friend Aubrey Marcus, who, by the way, you know, you should definitely check out his podcast because he he has some a fucking his podcast is dope. Um, but you know, he said it: meditate on your fears, play them out to the end vividly again and again. Then, like a scary movie that you've already watched, the fear loses its power. And essentially, like that's kind of you know same thing that John Jones was talking about, and same thing that Tim Ferriss mentioned. I think the first time was in the four hour work week. Was like, you know, if, if if you like if the worst thing happens, what's what what is it? And uh, for instance, like I've done this multiple times now. I mean, the last time was, you know, going into this multi-million dollar project of the Vigor Life building that we are now in that's real. We, you know, it's it's open, fit bars in, you know, uh, uh, Dan Swins goes in, we're getting, you know, working on a crowd change. Like we're, everything is happening, right? But I had, I mean, this was a two and a half from the day I sat down with the bank to the day we opened was two and a half years. And a lot of craziness, a lot of struggle, a lot of, you know, hard decisions to make. A, 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 a lot, actually, a, a couple of very near uh, clusterfucks that could have made the, the thing a, a whole different way. But I had to, you know, I had to talk to myself and go like, hey, man, like you've, you know, saved all this money and, 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 and done, make smart decisions in, in, in business and financially. And now you're putting it all on the line you know, what if, you know, what if the worst happens? And like the worst was, man, building doesn't go through. These permits don't go, building sits, I lose the money. They take the building back. I'm fucking like out of this, that, and the other, right? 
And I had to struggle with that. And it was like, okay, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I lose it all material, right? All the material things, you know, I have my friends, my family, and I have my, I have my mind. I have my heart. I have my virtues. Uh, I can rebuild, you know, I can rebuild and it might, and I think I can rebuild way faster knowing all the things I know now. And once I came to term with that, right, the fear didn't go away, but it shrunk, right? It didn't overwhelm me as much anymore. And then I just focused on what can I do? You know, same thing back to that win, like, you know, what's important now. And so, you know, I think that you can master your fear by training it mentally. Uh, you know, obviously the other way of mastering fear is to, to build confidence, right? I mean, like I said, be brave, my heart, right? It, it's, uh, I can't remember the, 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 the poet that, that talked about, right? But face your shoulders to the man killing spears, uh, you know, but, but that's really what it says is like, look, you're going to have to fucking like turn and face the fear and you're going to have to go at it, right? Period. Um, and it's like, it's like, uh, slaying the dragon, right? If, if you've, uh, read any of the works of Stephen Pressfield, which like you, you must read. I mean, it's like, you know, turning pro in, in the, the war of art. Uh, I mean, like I, I love reading that over and over and over, but it's like every morning you got to slay the dragon, right? Whether you're a writer, uh, you know, you sit down and you got writer's, uh, writer's block and, you know, what do I write now? And you got to slay the dragon. Like you got to slay the edit, you know, the dragon sometimes is the voices in your head. It's the naysayers. It's the society. It's, you know, parents, your friends. But a lot of times it's just your own, you know, your own, I would say stories inside of your head. And so, you know, so with that said, it's like every day you slay the dragon, you build confidence, right? Doesn't mean the next day it's not there. Fucking the fear, you know, fear doesn't go away. It's just you build enough confidence to keep facing it, right? And, you know, we've talked about this when it came to uh, behavior change, about how most people take on too big a change and it's too big of a dragon, right? And, you know, my tip is like, start somewhere, you know, slay the small dragon first and then feel success, feel the win, you know, and then keep building on that because the thing is the more self-confidence you build, like the bigger the dragons you can slay. And I'd love to tell you, you know, I'd love to to be like um, that for some people is just fucking a movie. And like one day you're just like, woohoo, let's go. Um, but it's, you know, it's not just like if you just started playing ball, man, nothing, you know, there's no confidence. Like there's no way in the world that you're going to go. I can be, you know, Michael Jordan in his prime or something like that. Right. You'd have to start beating people closer to your level and a little more challenging and Right. And then you build up and you build up and you build up. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people take. Right. It's like too big of a, a project, too more, too overwhelming of a thing. And it's overwhelming and it crushes you. Right. And it's like, you know, essentially it's it's what I call mental weight. Like people can get the concept of lifting a weight. You know, you're you're, you're lifting 150 pounds and you have a program and you keep progressing and then you lift 200 pounds. Right. So now you're stronger. You get that. That's like weightlifting. But there's, you know, to me, it's like this is like spiritual, emotional and mental weightlifting, essentially. Right. To be able to to overcome certain fears and you got to progress it um, just the same. Right. So that's a uh, I would say motivation secret. Number three. Um, and the last one. Is finding your meaning and the you know, the best thing about that is like 
uh, I'm going to go to, you know, great stories where about the Akinawans, right? So you guys probably heard about the blue zones around the world, like where people live, uh, you know, have the most people that live o- over a hundred years, there's parts of Greece, obviously there's Japan, Okinawa, which I heard is, you know, isn't the way it used to be anymore. There's a lot of westernized uh, things that moved in and people are getting more unhealthy, which is, you know, a very, I say, I'd say a point of how great things can get fucked up uh, when, when certain parts of uh, Western culture moves in. Right. Um, but you know, the Akinawans has something called Ikigai and uh, it's called a reason for being the thing that gets you up in the morning. And, you know, blues, like, and, and the other thing too, is like, as you've probably heard me talk about, like uh, me and my brother, Matei, uh, we just did our first kind of like mini documentary that we 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 financed and funded ourselves pretty much. Uh, that's on movement culture, and we went to Brazil. Uh, and actually, documentary is coming out in the next coming weeks. Um, it's been getting edited. It's going to be a twenty-five minute documentary. Looking forward to it. It was amazing, amazing experience. One of the places that we're going to go into the future also is Japan. But I, you know, I've I've been uh, I would say. I don't know, def- infatuated with with uh, the Japanese culture and Bushido, the warrior's way. And uh, so this is why this, this stuck out at me because, you know, you asked me one of my favorite movies, like The Last Samurai. And, you know, I don't give a shit if you don't like Tom Cruise. He kills that role. Uh, <laughs> and I love that movie. But, you know, the, the Blue Zones are, are, are basically uh, ha- had the longest disability-free life expectancy uh, in the archipelago of Okinawa, Japan, you know, here men and women routinely exceed a hundred years of age. I mean, that's, you know, obviously nuts, um, still physically capable, fully alert, involved in the world around them. Uh, they work in their gardens, they play with their great, great grandchildren. And when they die, it's generally quick. It's in their sleep. A lot of times having sex, true story, by the way, what a fucking way to go. I love it. Uh, the rates of disease are many times lower than throughout much of the world, period. Right. So interestingly, Okinawans don't have a word for retirement. Um, and, and, and you guys, if maybe if you've studied some stuff, uh, I don't actually know the exact, like, I don't want to get it wrong, but it's something like that, man. When people retire in the States, uh, I think within like seven, 10 years or something like that, like most people die. Right. And, and, uh, they don't have a word for retirement. What they, what they have is ikigai and roughly translated, this means passion. It's a, it's a reason for living. Right. So, um, it's, it's why, you know, why did you get out of bed this morning? Uh, and you know, back in the day, like I, when I was younger, you know, this kind of was like, ah, eh, you know, whatever, man. Like, I want to be successful. I want to make money, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I, I, to me, you know, honestly, like I, I fucked up a lot of stuff in my life and, and got to a point where, you know, uh, got divorced. You know, uh, I was messed up friendship, certain friendships. I was, you know, so driven to, you know, succeed, whatever, you know, whatever that means. You know, woke up one day and I'm like, man, like on paper, I'm doing well. I have all these things, but I'm. Like I legitimately was really, really unhappy, um, you know, and, and, and I mean, I learned the hardest lessons through the most painful things in my life, but man, like this, this, this really resonates, right? It really resonated with me where now like I legit, like, man, I, I know I get up, like I'm, I'm fueled by purpose, right? By Ikigai. And, um, if you, you know, if you haven't read a man's search for meaning, uh, I mean, you have like, I mean, that's like a, a pretty much a legendary work, right? But um, the psychologist Viktor Frankl describes his life as a prisoner in two different concentration camps during the Holocaust, right? What he endured and learned in those settings later informed the important school of therapy that he found, and it was called logotherapy, right? From the Greek logos or meaning. 
And logotherapy is, is based on three principles, right? Life has meaning under all circumstances, even the most miserable ones. Uh, number two, our main motivation for living is our will to find meaning in life. And number three is we have freedom to find meaning in what we do and what we experience, at least in the stand we take when we're faced with situation or uh, unchangeable suffering, right? And he found that like that when, when he was in a concentration camp, that people were literally dying from losing meaning and hope. Uh, and, you know, I mean, when you read through this, like the, you, it's very difficult to imagine going through a harder time that he'd gone through and what he faced, um, you know, and, and that essentially allowed him to survive. And I, I think like the percentage was crazy, like only eight, 10 or 15% max of people that even survive, uh, you know, and he was one of them and was saying that like all the people that he, that he knew that survived, like that was their driving force so that they had a meaning in life even at the most horrific, horrible, miserable times. But it can be, uh, you know, it can help you through the hardest of times, but it can also help you in, in good times and just drive you further. Um, and in this case, you know, uh, I know for sure, like, you know, I have, uh, like, I have meaning uh, in, in family. I have meaning in, like, just the, the what I feel that my North Star is and what I was put, you know, or should I say, what am I doing on this earth? Like, why, you know? Why the fuck are you here? I, I, I said that in, uh, in the last podcast, right? Why the fuck are you here? And, and I believe I know why I'm here. So, you know, that drives me in the morning versus some like material, you know, make this much, uh, you know, get this accolade or whatever. And, you know, those, those things come if when you're engaged when you're working and, you know, there's something else driving you besides some external factors. But, you know, question, you know, what is your ikigai? Right. What is your what is your meaning in, in the things that you do? Um, find that. So essentially, we got our four uh, secrets to motivation. Number one is defining your deep reason. Number two is quitting tomorrow or doing the opposite. Right. Those two go hand in hand. Number three is mastering your fear. And number four is finding your meaning. And like I said, you know, this could encompass absolutely anything that you're doing. Uh, you know, if, if, if it's related to, you know, uh, I would say a passion project, philanthropy, your business, your own body, your relationships, you know, finding deeper spirituality, whatever it may be. Like these four things are important when it comes to breaking through things that has, have kept us stuck. Right. So you can call them motivational secrets, you know, or they can just be the science of you know, behavior change, change psychology, um, whatever you want to take them. But hey, you know what? Like, hopefully that, you know, some of this stuck out at you and you're actually going to apply it. Because once again, like when you, you know, you got to take action on this stuff. Like no matter what, you know, if, if, if I'm talking about a, a ton of different strategies, tactics or something in one of the podcasts, you know, and one sticks out at you, man, take action on it. Like, you know, create wisdom through doing, you know, that's, that's why I love about stoicism when you, you know, when you read, the works of the Stoics and like they didn't ponder and sit there, you know, and, and, and create wisdom uh, out of like just thinking, right. They were doing this stuff. Right. And then once they did it, they wrote down like their experiences and, and their lessons. Right. So, you know, do the same, like yours might be completely different than mine, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing my experiences, the lessons I've learned from a lot of, I would say greats or smart people or mentors uh, in my own life. And, and, you know, but take something, apply it, and that will create a change, right? Don't sit around and please, please, just please don't fucking say, 
I'll do it tomorrow. Right. Uh, Coach Luca, I'm out of here. If you have not signed up, this is like literally we're weeks out now for the Vigor Ground Fitness and Business Summit. I mean, go to VigorGroundSummit.com. Uh, the speakers are unreal. Um, like I said, it's it, what's going to be cool because it's going to be, uh, you know, unique and and very, I would say, uh, the, the reason why it's going to be exceed expectations is because you're going to be able to like spend a lot of time with the speakers. They're hanging out there the whole week. We're keeping it under 100, 150 people. Uh, beautiful location. Uh, I got some surprises for you guys, but nonetheless, like, man, it, you know, we, we talk about some of these things, but it's like you come back from this event fired up with actionable steps to grow your business, no matter what type of business in health and fitness you are. Um, but man, definitely check it out. Like I said, the deadline's coming up. The price is going to go up again. Vigoroutsummit.com. And as always, I really appreciate every rating, especially the five-star ratings up on iTunes. Uh, you know, the reason for it is like, look, the more people that that know about it, the more people that that see it and the more that you share it, the more people can get some benefit from it, take action and uh, change their own situation. Love and appreciate you. I'll see you in the next Big Round Podcast. Peace out.